The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It's the Financial Guys radio program. You gotta take a stand, it don't help to hide. It's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free, 1-800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All right, you've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas, live here on News Radio 930, WBEN in studio today for Mike Lomas. We have our very own Ron Wasco, one of our retirement guys in the office in uh, Western New York. And uh, we're going to be talking actually some finance today, believe it or not. Uh, we also have a special guest in studio for the first hour, Roxanne Sorensen. Of course, you've heard her here on the air before. She is with Elder Care Solutions. And so we'll be talking for most of the first hour about some of the issues surrounding elder care, some of the things to be concerned about, some of the pre-planning ideas. You know, it sneaks up on you fast, and we'll talk about that. So um, if you have questions, of course, line those up. And uh, you can always reach us, you know, throughout the week at the office if you can't get your call in on the air at 6331515. Ron, before we jump into the topic here with Roxanne, you know, a couple things I wanted to uh what we're going to talk about today as for the for the main part of the show that we're going to talk about is really going to be fiscal policy and monetary policy. The Fed raising rates this week, uh I think it's second time this year, uh and I think fourth in a string of, of rates. So we're going to talk about that on the financial side, but before I get to that, uh, a couple things uh, in the in you know local in the news I think that are, are terrific news. Uh, number one, uh, food stamps below twenty million people for the first time. So in just a year and a half, That's we have gone from fifty million people on food stamps to below twenty million people on food stamps. And that's what job creation will do for you. That's what we want. We want people out in the workforce. We want people supporting themselves and getting off the government dole. And it's working, right? Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, the free market capitalism, lower regulation, uh, you know, lowering tax rates, giving people their money back. Uh, you know, at this point, you have if you want a job, you can have it, right? Absolutely. The, the, the liberals haven't gotten the message. They're still pushing minimum wage. I'm not sure if you saw this one, but increased minimum wages raise poverty rates in lower class neighborhoods, according to a uh, to a, a, a study here. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. We've been saying this for a long time. I don't know. People just don't seem to get the idea that, you know, you raise wages and jobs go away, but they do. Well, and look at McDonald's. There's a perfect example. They're almost going full automation now where they're only going to have a handful of employees at their at their stores and everything's going to be done by computer and robot. Absolutely. According to, uh, let's see, according to this study, every $1 increase in minimum wage, there's a 3% increase in poverty rates and government dependency. 
So direct cause and effect of, like you said, those jobs at McDonald's going away, right? McDonald's and a lot of other outlets have already announced ordering, you know, kiosks and, you know, automated ordering. The next step is going to be robots actually making the food and delivering the food and one guy walking around the store. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Well, and I think what liberals don't want to admit, I think they understand it, but because their their party and, and their philosophy is so dependent upon the government is, is that capitalism works. If you get government out of the way, people will take care of themselves they'll build their business they'll take care of their families and it'll grow but once you get government in there all that does is choke it out and stifle the ability for people to to want to do that and even raise uh, wages rise absent minimum wage increases because of economic growth right you've seen a, a wage uh, increases for the first time in, uh, in in really 20 years because of the free market principles that uh, that we're putting back into place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a complete contrast. If you look at what built the United States, we were built off of capitalism. We were built off the small business owner that was able to grow, able to hire people, able to, able to raise wages, and then look at socialist countries like Venezuela. I mean, they're fleeing. They're, they're slaughtering zoo animals to try and feed their families. I mean, it's yeah. really a stark contrast, but it, it shows you the difference. Yeah, really... Uh... It really is a is a major difference. I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but uh, you know, from the Wizards of Smart, uh, a bill proposed by uh, who was it here? Tim Kennedy, I'm guessing. Oh, sure, of course it is, Senator Tim Kennedy. Now proposing a bill in Albany that will expand the current law regarding the state's responsibility to compensate you for damages inflicted on your car by road deficiencies, and so he's actually looking to have New York State become responsible for pothole damages year-round. So how about we just fix the roads? No, is that, that a thought? too I much mean, sense. No, that right? way too much sense. I mean, some of these holes are like craters. I mean, you're talking about like, I've seen less potholes on the moon. It's going to end up costing them more money to do that than it would to just fix the roads in the first place, and the roads are still going to be horrible. It uh, our our roads are, uh, are we had a uh, I think Stefan Mahailu on the, the TV show this week and uh, you know he's he's obviously been a champion of trying to fix great the roads, guy I, I've met him a couple of times he really is a great guy yeah so it looks like breaking news just uh, this week too uh, New York Attorney General suing Trump and family over charity claiming illegal conduct for more than a decade no word yet however on the Clinton Foundation. No, that's fine. That's perfectly legal to take take money from Russia to to give them uranium, but uh, they're going to be looking at the Trump charity, of course. No doubt. And then one last one before we go to a a break here in a little bit. Uh, Tesla cuts nine percent of workforce. Are you shocked, Ron? I'm surprised it was that little. <laughs> what do you think long term for Tesla? I mean, are they going to? My my, I've said this for a long time. You know, as soon as the government handouts are gone, you know, they're out of business. Absolutely. They haven't been able to make a profit even even with some of these government handouts. They're just treading water right now. It's the only thing keeping them afloat is is the government money flowing in, which which has me worried about their stock price. How long can it main, maintain up at $300 a share? It's It's got to go south at some point. I wouldn't touch it personally. I can't believe it's still where it is as far as the price goes. I mean, me that, that to me is, you know, uh, it, it, to me it's almost like one giant, you know, publicly traded Ponzi scheme. You know, every time that they run on the money, they either merge or they, they issue more shares or they actually haven't been able to produce not a penny of profit in the entire time that they've been in existence. It's really quite amazing. But yet they're still up like 300 and some bucks a share. It's just amazing. Well, hopefully they were able to suck up as much as they could while Obama was in there because I think Trump's going to cut them off at some point. Yeah, I think that gravy train is over. So, But uh, but not so for New York State. We're still going to build windmills and, uh, and and do our thing. That's for sure. Got to support the government base. 
Yep, no doubt. So, anyway, what else do I have in here from this week before we go to a quick break here? Uh, let's see here. Pay- oh, uh, Domino's Pizza. Now going to be doing the paving for the local government that they can. So I don't know if you saw that one. But Domino's Pizza actually unveiled a U.S. infrastructure project filling potholes. So they now have a pothole filling truck. Did you? I don't know if I sent that to you or not. And that's, that's just fabulous. Once again, it, it's a perfect example of how the private sector can run more efficient and effective than the government can. No doubt. Let me play a quick uh, sound clip here before I get too far into uh, this. This is, you know, with the job numbers that have come out, uh, I mean, we are at, uh, you know, black unemployment, all-time lows. We're at 3.8% unemployment rates. If you have a job, if you want a job, it's there for you, right? So if you want a job, there is a job available, no doubt, and uh, you just have to go out and look for one, right? So there's just no reason anymore to, to, you know, for the welfare, mass amounts of welfare we have, for those of you that, that want a job, you can certainly get a job. So let me play this this sound clip somebody put together that just illustrates how wrong. The Democrats, by the way, seem to be on the opposite side, on the wrong side of everything. You know, North Korea, they're rooting for the Koreans, right? You know, uh, uh, Syria, they're rooting for the Syrians. You know, Israel, Palestine, they're on the side of the Palestinians. You know, every single side, every th- position they take is wrong. They said over and over again, we can't ping jobs back. We can't do that. We, those jobs are gone. And let's just hear it in their own words just for a second here because I think this is priceless. Trump's policies would throw us into a recession, the last thing we need. Some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. He just says, well, I'm going I'm to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? The Dow, well, it's gone up for eight straight sessions, and it will go up, at least at the opening bell, again today. Companies are hiring. We know layoffs are down, and companies are hiring. Unemployment for African Americans fell to a new low of 5.9%. Female job seekers, a low as well, 3.4%. Jobless claims dropping to 3.8%. In fact, we've only seen a number that low since 1969. Even the New York Times has to admit it. Check out this reporting. We ran out of words to describe how good the jobs numbers are. 500 days in office thus far, and Trump is killing it. Crushing it. He is. I mean, think about this. Clinton sold the North Koreans the nuclear secrets to build their nuclear reactors and weapons, right? That was Clinton's that did that. Clinton's out there going, well, you know, we can't, uh, don't, don't get your hopes up in this summit. And I, I'm amazed that Trump was able to pull it off, but he did. He pulled it off. He walked away with a signed agreement. Now, will they follow it? We'll see. But the fact is, he walked away from a signed denuclearization agreement. It, it, it took multiple times for Reagan to do that with Gorbachev. If you remember yep. the, the meeting in Iceland, I think it was, where he, he, you know, he walked out of the meeting uh, and and uh, and you got to be willing to do that. And uh, you know, got Gorbachev back to the table. Got them to uh, to, to you know to uh, to begin to you know a freeze on their nukes. Of course, you know they didn't denuke, but at least a freeze on their nukes. Eventually, leading to the uh, the the, uh, the the you know tearing down the Berlin Wall and the really the breakup of of the the USSR. Uh, I mean, that was uh, an amazing uh, you know a piece of a negotiation on the part of Reagan. 
But Trump would even beat that. I mean, in one meeting, you know, and for all the stuff leading up to this, you know, all of the, well, you know, we, we, he, the summit's not going to go through. Oh, he's not going to show up and da, 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 da. And now that he's had the, the meeting, now that he's had the summit, now that he's been successful in negotiating, uh, for, you know, uh, at least the start of a, a peace treaty to, to denuclearize, all the media is like, well, he just legitimized the president. All the former presidents refused to meet with him. This just gave him legitimacy and blah, 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 blah. Where were they about the legitimacy of North Korea when they were fawning over North Korea at the uh, Olympics? Right. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. What about I mean, what about the legitimacy of Iran when I, Obama sent them, what was it, $150 billion, 15 of it was actual cash money? Right, exactly. So, I mean, he was able to negotiate and get out. You know, think about what... Uh, Kim Jong-un did in order to get this meeting together. He released three of our, our hostages, right? We got those folks back. He blew up one of his nuclear plants, right? Yep. I mean, he did a lot of things already just to get to the table. We didn't do anything. We just set the date and flew in. Now, contrast that with Obozo, who, you know, you're right, dropped in pallets of cash in the dead of night, violated U.S. law, had to go to Switzerland to get you know, uh, uh, Swiss francs to deliver euros and francs because we couldn't do it in dollars. And, of course, the plane lands, you know, billions of dollars in, 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 uh, in literal paper currency and, and unloaded from planes so that we could get our, our, our folks back. I mean, that's the difference between a true leader and somebody who knows what they're doing in President Trump and a complete and total, you know, just bumbling idiot in, in Obama and, uh, you know, very similar to Jimmy Carter. Here are some of the words, though. I just want to read you some of the headlines uh, from what the – you know, the mainstream media who is now beating up Trump for what is really a historic moment, you know, them coming out and saying, well, it's really not that historic. Well, nothing's really come out of it yet. Well, he's legitimizing him. They weren't concerned about legitimizing him during the Olympics. Here's what the New York Times wrote. Without a word, only flashing smiles, Kim Jong-un's sister outflanked Vice President Mike Pence in diplomacy. Huh. wonder whose side they're on, right? BBC Asia. It turns out North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un, doesn't need to fire off a missile to get the world's attention. He has far more powerful weapons in his arsenal. His female envoys, his latest charm offensive, his sister Kim Yo-jong. That was the BBC. From Reuters, North Korea judged a winner of diplomatic gold at Olympics. This is from CNN, USCNN. Kim Jong-un's sister is stealing the show at the Winter Olympics. But now Trump is giving them legitimacy. Let that sink in. Unbelievable. All right, we're going to take a very short break here. We come back, of course, always an open mic session. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to open the phones for a little bit yet because I want to have an opportunity to talk to uh, Roxanne Sorensen. We're going to go to her next from Elder Care Solutions. But if you need us throughout the week, folks, we do manage money for a living. We have a, a team of investment professionals at our office that focus on a lot of different areas of finance, whether it be, and, and insurance, whether it be retirement planning. We have a veterans program, Shield 457. We have a Medicare, independent Medicare agents that can help you. We're going to be coming up on that. It's just right around the corner is, uh, is enrollment season. We have April Hartloff on our health insurance group health side. If you're a small business, we can't change the rates, but we can certainly help to put you in the right plan and match you up with the uh, the right benefits and at least shop it around for you and uh, provide excellent service to you. Uh, we also have uh, state planning with uh, Tom Canavo, both a licensed attorney and a financial advisor, uh, and just and a lot more. College planning, Social Security planning, certified Social Security claiming strategist, certified 
uh, college planning, a chartered financial analyst, and John Thurge, uh certified financial planner, and Abby Gwynn, and on and on it goes. So if you need us throughout the week, folks, anything that has to do with you and your money, again, feel free to give us a call at the office at 633-1515. That's 633-1515. All right, very short break. We'll come right back here. You've got the Financial Guys, News Radio 930, WBEN. All right, you've got the Financial Guys. Welcome back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Again, I'm Glenn Wiggle, Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas here on News Radio 930. And we're going to shift gears a little bit and uh, and introduce our special guest today, Roxanne Sorensen, who, of course, you've heard here on our show before and seen her on the TV as well. She is the owner of Elder Care Solutions, which really you know, helped my family. And I, I think just from that aspect alone, we owe you a debt of gratitude. So, Roxanne, welcome to the show, and thank you so much again for uh, for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So start off again, for those maybe that didn't catch you before, you just give us a high-level overview on what Elder Care Solutions does for folks and how uh, you might be able to help them. Okay. We are nurses and social workers uh, acting as aging life care specialists. So we're conducting comprehensive assessments of an older adult's needs. We're looking at their financial needs, psychosocial, medical environment, and the most important is safety. So we'll navigate the client and their families through the aging process, either providing services within the home to remain independent, to remain safe, or we're looking for placement options, everything from a retirement community to skilled nursing. And along with that, everything does revolve around what the person's finances are. So we're looking at their social security, their IRAs, their annuities, life insurance, being able to make that person marketable if we have to find placement because it's about the money, what their comodalities are medically, and their age when, when, when we look at placement. So we're navigating that step-by-step um, because step, most families are in the dark. And, you know, it's a lot to navigate, right? I mean, you talk about all the different facilities. You've got to deal with the finance part of it. You know, just, just knowing the the landscape, right? You know, a lot of this stuff isn't rocket science. Same thing in the financial world, right? A lot of folks say, well, you know, you've got to charge fees. Maybe I should do it on my own. And I'm like, you can. I can mow my own lawn, too. But right. the fact is, you have to decide on, you know, what. where's your time better served? My time is better served working and paying somebody else to, you know, to do that kind of yard work. And in the case of, of this, I mean, if you want to go and research all the, you know, elder care facilities and look at the nursing homes and look at the retirement facilities and do all that, it's a lot of legwork. Who has or, the time to do that? Right. Or you can call somebody like Roxanne who already knows the entire landscape, right? We know the landscape and finance. Right. And so we don't have to spend, a, a, you know, time, although we do have a research department that does do research on things on a regular basis. You know, it's not like we're starting fresh into something, you know. Correct. Um, what we can do so, in an hour may take a family six months to even try to figure right. out where to start. Out of 50 buildings, maybe I've narrowed it down to five, and you've already visited 13 that are not appropriate for your loved one. Right. And or, oftentimes you don't have that time. No. I mean, Most families are lo- taking off of work. They're getting told if they take another day off, they're going to lose their job. They're trying to balance their children who you know, may be young or even teenagers, trying to get them to their 30,000 travel sports like I do every day. Oh, gosh. And right. then maintaining your loved one at home or even trying to visit them at a facility. There's not enough time in a day. And then where do you start? You know, No one plans for that fall that mom took and broke her hip, and now you have to pick a nursing home in the next 10 minutes from a hospital setting. Right. And, and and I hate to say, not to knock the hospitals, they do a great job. They do a great but job. There's a lot of pressure to get 
them out. I yes. mean, once a hospital realizes that there's nothing more that we can do for this person, they right. want it's them out the door. Space. They, they have to get them out the door. There's no reason for that person to be there. And it's better to get out of the hospital anyway. You, they don't need to be there. So why not find an appropriate facility or bring them home with services? But do you know which home care agency to call out of the 75 that might be available? Right. Is it companion? Is it hands-on care? Different services, different rates. And can you afford the hourly rate of 23 an hour for an aide to come into the home? People think that's a lot of money. But are you going to give up your job? I don't see that happening. There's not a possibility of that anymore. Right, exactly. And in my family's case, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you helped my family. You were able to identify some benefits uh, through the VA yes. uh, because my uncle was, was a veteran that we weren't even aware of. Like we would not even known, and that was a big deal. Yeah, and that was able then to supplement his income to be able to pay for the assisted living. There's a lot of benefits people don't know about, and they're very surprised that they could have had these benefits for years. But right. again, where do you start? Who do you ask? That's why we're a full service care management team where we specialize in aging. So we know the whole system. And if we don't know it, we're going to learn about it. And I can operate throughout the country. So if I live here and my mom is in North Carolina, I want to move her back. We can do that. You don't have to just think you're stuck where you are. Right. Right. Which is, a, which is you know. It's huge. It Many people left town. You know, mom and dad might be here. And now, like you, you, you know, do we move them to Florida? Do we move them to California? Where are they? So you have to look at all the factors involving a person's life, not just what's happening presently. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Roxanne, how can folks get a hold of you? So is, is there a, a phone number and a website that they can they can hit if they want to, to reach out to your firm? Absolutely. Our phone number is 823-1476, and our website is eldercarewny.com. And they can just call for some questions. You know, we we help everybody. There isn't anybody that we haven't helped. And I think you sometimes just need to have time to, to put everything on a table, figure out what your first step is, and then get some direction. No doubt. And, and having somebody that's, you know, that has the skill and expertise that you do, I, at least for my family, it just it made it a much more um, – you just were very comforting, Thank and you. and I and I owe you a debt of gratitude because Thank it really, you know, it was a very stressful scenario, and it sneaks up on you really fast. Yes. I mean, those that say, "Oh, I'll deal with it when it happens," like you said, sometimes there is a, a fall, and it's like an immediate thing. And right. we'll talk about that on the other side of the of the break here because I think that's really important. You know, what can folks do mm-hmm. to begin to kind of plan this out in advance? And I, I really want to. You know, people understand how important it is to, to get ahead of this. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And, of course, if you if you need Roxanne, you can call her at the office, 823-1476. Stay tuned. We have much more to come here. You've got the financial guys, uh, Ron Wasco, in for Glenn, uh, for Mike Lomas. I'm Glenn Wiggle with the financial guys. There we go. Real quick break. Hop across off of the news. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Alrighty, welcome back to the Financial Guys right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And again, folks, if you need us throughout the week, we do manage money for a living. We have a, uh, a very diverse team of investment professionals that can help you in a lot of different areas, whether it be retirement planning or estate planning. We have certified Social Security experts. We have independent Medicare agents. We can handle your group health. We, we have a 401k department. I forgot to mention that. One of our fastest growing departments, actually, is our 401k department. Uh, lots of folks have set up 401ks through their payroll service and uh, have never seen an agent ever since. And 
as an owner, you're liable for that. So if something happens and an employee comes back disgruntled or otherwise that says, hey, I never got the education that I was supposed to get as part of my 401k, unfortunately, as the owner, like everything else, the buck stops there and you are on the hook. So if that's something that concerns you, you know, oftentimes we can just do a change of uh, agent uh, on your on your plan if it's a decent plan and, and begin to provide that educational service to your employees so that it absolves you or at least minimizes or mitigates some of the liability that you take. So, you know, again, use us as a resource, folks. We have, I don't know, 15 or, 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 or more folks in our office, and we're expanding. We're building or moving into a bigger office, uh, and, and we're you know, constantly growing. So we've got uh, a new 403B department that we uh, are, are just starting, uh, and uh, – uh, there's a few folks that are on board now that we'll, uh, we'll have on the air very soon here to, uh, to plug that department. So if you're a school teacher or work for a nonprofit hospital or otherwise, we have folks that can now help you that focus on 403B. So again, whether it's your insurance, your finances, your retirement, your savings, or you just want to, you know, set up a stock portfolio, you can use us as a resource. We are the financial guys. Call us at the office, 633-1515. Don't forget also to follow us on Facebook. You can also or like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at FinGuys, and, uh, and go to our website at thefinancialguys.com with a lot of resources there and more and more coming online every day. Uh, we, had a, a, uh, we have a new resource on there now that we just launched a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a, uh, called Orange. It's a program that uh, will help you to track your goals. And so if you've come into our office and you've done the retirement plan and you know that, hey, I need to get to a million dollars for me to retire, you can now put that into this orange software and it will feed in your different investments, bank accounts, even your home value through Zillow. And it will give you a, a, a at your fingertips a net worth statement and it will help to tell you how far along you are uh, in relation to your goals. And so it's a free service. Click the button, sign up for it, and you can track your goals to see how you're coming along. Even if you're not one of our clients, if you got another advisor, and we always say if you got a good relationship with a good advisor, that's like a really strong marriage. We don't want to break that up. Uh, you know, take them out to lunch, you know, thank him or her. <laughs> and uh, But you can always use, our again, our software and our website to track how you're doing and how you're progressing towards your goals. And we're going to have more resources coming on in just a few months as well. So visit the uh, the website at thefinancialguys.com. All right, back to uh, to our special guest today, Roxanne Sorensen, Elder Care Solutions. And, again, if you need her throughout the week, you can visit their website at eldercarewny.com or you can reach her at the office at 823 823- one four seven six. That's eight two three fourteen seventy six. But I wanted to talk about the the the, the pre planning side of things because, as you know, uh, you know Roxanne, it's it's always a, it's never going to happen to me. I'm never going to the nursing home. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to jump off a bridge. You know the whole myriad of things that we hear. I've heard it all, right? Yes. I'm, you know, um, you know, I'm going to exercise my Second Amendment, and I'm never going that way. You know, God forbid, <laughs> don't ever do that. Seriously, um, but. You know, people think that way. Like, it's just, I'm, I'll do whatever it takes not to let that happen. Right, but, but there's the but there. It does It happen. does. It does. Right? To every what single can... one of us, we're impacted by this. And we don't know why we didn't pay attention to it. We just don't because we're in our day-to-day lives. And then the crisis happens. And you're making the most important decisions of your life while you're emotional. And that's the worst time to make them. But sometimes you're you're living your life, you're going along just fine, everything is great, you just got your garden planted, it's spring, and sadly, you know, a stroke happens Correct. or something that's a debilitating 
uh, type of thing where, you know, of, of Wednesday you're planting flowers and, you know, Friday you, you can't live on your own anymore. That's true. And we have a case that that's exactly what happened. The gentleman had a massive stroke and now he's in his early 60s. He's institutionalized for the rest of his life and the wife is still working. And now she's panicking. Do they have enough money to take care of her? Most of their assets would go to the nursing home and they don't know where to start. And with their investments, some of them they can't touch or now they become uh, an income stream versus an asset. And she is still in her early 60s. She could have 30, 40 more years just like him. They're going to run out of money in four years or less. Then she's stuck. What do you do next? Right. And so it, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, it happens fast. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's, uh, you know, obviously it sneaks up on you. What are some of the things that, that folks can do to pre-plan? I mean, just, just giving the thoughts about, you know, obviously we can't control when that type of thing happens. What can they start to do though? I mean, obviously, you know, you got things like long-term care. That's awfully expensive. It's awesome. You got yeah. trust. You can move assets in the trust and things like that. But moving um, stuff into a trust, then you don't have the liquid cash you need to be marketable to, to get, get services. So what we do is we work with groups like yours to look at their finances. If they have a financial planner or they might have an elder law attorney, we need to look at their whole scope and look at their medical and then compare what it's going to cost to stay home, to get placed in each level of care and work with individuals like yourself to say, okay, how much money do we have? How can we grow it? And that is the first step. The money is where we start along with the medical component. So knowing your parents' resources, even just having a checklist and saying, okay, this is how much I get in Social Security. I get a pension. Were you a veteran? Most veterans do not access the benefits, especially the older generation. They serve their country. They don't want to ask for anything. So they're not going to look for that aid and attendance benefit. You know, most parents like my own never told me what they made. And I didn't know what bank accounts they had until I, I started to insist on it. We're still old school. We don't talk about those things. Right, right. We have having to start a checklist. There. Yeah, ha- having a having a uh, you know a checklist or or a, or again that net worth statement. Whether it's Absolutely. you know a, a program like Orange, you know, utilizing our website. You know, that's something where you can write down one password, and all of your accounts can feed into one place. Absolutely. You know, that's an easy place to 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 begin to consult. But absent that, you know, at least have a notebook together. Know yeah. what your parents' bank accounts are. Know what their investment accounts are. You know, know what kind of income. And all that stuff is going to save you a lot because, again, you know, like in our situation, it was everything is fine. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in the hospital. And next thing you know, we're, you know, he can't go scrambling. home. And we're scrambling. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Yep. And, 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 uh, and where do you start? And, oh, my God, I don't know really what the money is. And then if you don't put all the information on the application and then you find all this money later, well, it could be the difference between a, a subpar facility to the the best facility in the area. So, you know, that is your destiny and where you're going to wind up. But also know where your parents or your loved one's doctors are. Be available to go to medical appointments or at least sign the HIPAA form so if you have a question, you can call the doctor. Most people don't even realize who their their primary is or their specialist. What medications are your parents on? Keep a list. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't take more than maybe an hour of time to sit down and have those conversations with your loved one or sit down with your parents and say, if this circumstance happens, God forbid, you have to go to a rehab because you have to have a, a hip replacement. What are your choices? 
what do you want to do, Mom? Where do you want to go? Are you going to make it convenient for you as a child so you can visit more often? Or are you going to go to another facility that might be 10 times better, but it's going to take you 20 extra minutes to get there? Right. You know, we sometimes we're a little selfish in our needs and thinking, well, I want it close to me, so it's on my time. But remember, that loved one has to live there, even right. temporarily. So wouldn't you rather have the better care than location sometimes? Right. Yeah, no doubt. I would think that the, having the right facility is, is, I mean, you can get everywhere in Western New York in 20 minutes. So, mm-hmm. you know, having the right facility is probably the most important thing over everything else. What kind of, you know, let's, let's, let's go through a kind of a case scenario for a second. I mean, let's say somebody's got, you know, half a million dollars in assets. Uh, they're looking to protect things. What, you know, what do you typically, you know, say to clients to have liquid? I, I always say you want to buy your way in. I, I'm using air quotes. You can't see them out there in the radio lamp. Yep. You want to be able to buy your way in with enough liquid cash to be able to pick your facility. Because oftentimes if there's no private pay up front, they don't want you, right? right. So it's harder. What do you need to have? Is Let's say that you've got a client who's, you know, Half million dollars, and they're ready to give everything away to their kids. What? <laughs> what, what would you? By the way, I'm I'm up for adoption. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm I would kidding. say no less than two years. <laughs> two years, and that's nursing if you're going home, so. nursing home. But again, you know, if you haven't done the pre-planning and you have a five-year look back for Medicaid, it's great to say two years, but you're going to pay that half a million dollars. So you might use every asset up and not have the availability to gift or do a trust. But definitely two years. I mean, a lot of facilities require it, even assisted livings. Many of them will say they want to see the financials before you can walk in the door. And, Roxanne, that's not just liquid assets, too, correct? That's house, that's life insurance. The house they look at, that they want to know the value on the house, but the house isn't liquid. So it's great that it might be worth $200,000, but unless you have a buyer right then and there and you're getting a check, they, it's like a perk knowing that they might have a house. Sure. Um, life insurance is a great tool also. Um, you definitely should do burial no matter what you're doing. Do a pre-plan so that's already out of the way. So they do look at every factor, yes. Burial, long-term care insurance can make a difference sometimes in providing those services and buying your way in, as you say. Right. And there's some life insurance policies now. I mean, things change, folks. I mean, what we were talking about 10 years ago are different things today. So, Absolutely. you know, 10 years ago, we were all talking about long-term care insurance. And yes, it was expensive, but we had the New York State Partnership. They yep. could cover some of the, you know, so you automatically... protection with it. Right, yeah, asset protection. You know, you, there's there some riders where you got your, you know, the payback of premium if you didn't use it. But these, you know, all the carriers went out of business except for like two. Right. It, it got ridiculously expensive. Um it just it was it was hard to get approved. I mean, it was just it's still it hard to get approved, even if you're institutionalized. Yeah, I mean, still, think it's the, think about it this way: it's like your homeowner's insurance or your car insurance. They don't want you really to use it, but you're going to pay for it. Right. You know, you get a cracked windshield, and they might want to cancel your policy because right. you actually access it. It's the same principle for long-term care. Most people get denied on the first couple tries because maybe the wife says, "Oh no, I take care of all his needs." Well, good, you're denied, and I'll think where they go. <laughs> You know, and right. that well, husband right. or wife are like, okay, they don't know better than to say, wait a minute, that's not right. Well, the other thing with these policies is that they can raise the premiums. And so Absolutely. the premiums weren't set. And so what yep. happened over the years is that as carriers got out of the business, as costs continued to rise, a lot of these insurance companies raised their premiums until the point where it became unaffordable for clients. And so, you know, folks dropped policies that they may have already shoveled in, yeah. you know, half of, you know, fifty, $100,000 or, or more into and walked away with zero. Yeah. Not a great value proposition. But or, today... Or they have them and now they have dimension. They forgot to pay the premium. And, and the, the policy's gone and right. nobody knows about it. 
Right. And so today there are some products that are life insurance based yes. that have accelerated death benefits, meaning that, you know, you set up a life insurance policy for a quarter million dollars or $200,000, let's say, you can access a portion of that death benefit for a qualified nursing or, or you know, long-term care stay. And so, you know, some of the policies work where you can pull out 4% per month of the face value of the policy. So a $200,000 policy, you can pull and access $8,000 a month to help to pay for that nursing home or Which whatever. Which is 12000 a month. So that's a huge a lot. chunk of money. Absolutely. Yeah. So, right. So that can cover two-thirds yes. of the cost in that example yeah. uh, until the $200,000 runs out. But at least you know that one way or the other, whether it be by dying or by using it for you're going to get your 200000 right? You're going right. to get your, your, your money back. And so those are types of things that are, are much more attractive today uh, to folks to because they know that they're not going to you know put money into something that they might never get back. What we're doing now with a lot of our clients is we're talking about their their requirement of distributions. Mm-hmm. Are you using your IRA dollars? for your living expenses, or are you just moving it from one account to another? Are you moving it from one account to a savings only to put it back in several years later? Right. Um, we did a workshop for just our clients last year uh, in in, uh, in June, and uh, you know we had about 50 clients there, and several of them said, yeah, I think this is a great... I'm not using it. And so I either want it because I want to have the long-term care protection or I want to you know, f- uh, funnel my, my RMD, my requirement of distribution, into a policy because I want to leave a bigger legacy for my kids or my mm-hmm. grandkids. But um, wouldn't it be great when we walk in the door and we've already seen how they live, they know, we know their yeah. medical conditions, we know what they need for a plan, and then you can make your, your financial plan around that, but most people don't right. see that. Right, right. But but again, you know, there's products and services that are in place in New York today that just three years ago we didn't have. Yeah. Yep. And so Very if you true. looked at this a couple years ago and you said, wow, it's not for me, you know, always revisit things because in our world, in the financial world, just like in the automotive world, like there's constant upgrades. You know, there's airbags now. There's anti-lock brakes. I mean, we have self-driving cars now, yeah. you know. But so people things don't come look a long at that, way. Glenn. People just get no, comfortable and... They get complacent, and then, boom, something happens. And, I mean, I think we're all guilty of some part of that. No doubt. You know. Uh, but, but, uh, but, you know, be proactive because, Absolutely. again, it's, you know, if you looked at, the, you know, long-term care, you looked at doing something years ago, or maybe you're just working with a, a, a planner or advisor that, you know, is not well-versed, you know, again, you know, feel free to use this as a resource. We're here to help the Western New York community, both from an education standpoint and, and products and services standpoint. But if you have a, again, if you have a good advisor, but they just don't do insurance and you need help, you know, come by our office. We're happy to help you on that end. We'll work with your other advisor even to help to devise a plan to make sure that you're covered. Because in the long term, that benefits all of us, uh, you know, from, you know, a, 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 a financial health standpoint, if you're not accessing services or things like that, but you're, you're planning on your own. So, and your team has been helpful for all of our clients too. You've been able to navigate them financially. We've looked at their health insurance. I've worked with that team. You know, each of of your departments has been key to my clientele. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And you've been key to a lot of our clients. I can't tell you how much you've helped uh, you know, uh, certain clients and, and, and even me personally. So we are way long in this segment, so i got to take a very short break. We'll come back with uh, one more segment with Roxanne, and then the next hour we will uh, we will start off. Uh, we'll talk about next hour we're going to talk fiscal and monetary policy. So we're really going to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of you know what the Fed's doing, how that's going to impact the market, and, and how the fiscal side is doing and how that's going to impact the market. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be really 
short break. We're going to come right back with Roxanne Sorensen from Elder Care Solutions. And, uh, again, you've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All righty, welcome back. You've got the financial guys, Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas. I'm Glenn Wiggle here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And, of course, we are the financial guys. Again, follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. And don't forget to uh, use our website as a resource at thefinancialguys.com. Lots of tools on our website. You can ask us questions through our website. You can uh, you can use some of the tools and resources, as I mentioned earlier, Orange, uh, gold tracking software that is on there, and more to come. Uh, you can see some of the, uh, the past radio shows or TV shows uh, as well that are, are up on there. Uh, and then don't forget to follow us on, on Twitter, at FinGuys, and like us on Facebook. Most of the stuff that we're talking about on the weekends, whether it be... You know the the CNN stuff or or the or the video clips that we play. You know, oftentimes on Monday after the show, we'll get calls and say, "Hey, can you send me? Can you guys post? Can you guys? Where do I get that video you played? Or how did you find that?" And the answer is always the same: go to our Facebook page or check our Twitter feed because it's, I guarantee you it's on one of the two. And uh, so anything you hear, whether it be video clips or just stuff that we're talking about, articles we're referencing. All of those you can find uh, at FinGuys on Twitter and, uh, and, and by following us on Facebook as well. All right, just in a few minutes left here, uh, number one, uh, Roxanne, thank you again for joining us today. I really do appreciate it's it. It's been in case my pleasure. Time. Second thing is uh, your phone number again. If anybody needs Roxanne, if you have an elder uh, a care issue, if you have a, a family member that's going to be in need of a long-term care stay or retirement stay or whatever, uh, use her as a resource, 823-1476, 823-1476, or you can visit her website at eldercarewny.com. And if you're driving and you can't write either of those things down, you can always call us at the office at 633-1515. Use us as a resource, and we're happy to refer you out to you know, any of the, of the folks that we work with, whether it's Roxanne or anybody else. So we're per- happy to provide those numbers to you. Again, 633-1515. In just the two or so minutes that we have left here, Roxanne, I wanted to talk about the last thing that always comes up, and is that is how do you guys get comp- compensated? What is the cost going to be? Uh, to a to a family, uh, and uh, you know, how does that work? Is it a percentage of the nursing home? Is it a percentage of the assets? Is it a flat dollar fee? Is it hourly? So how does that how does that the, the compensation work for your firm? We have an hourly rate of one hundred twenty five an hour. Um, if a family just wants to meet with us once, and we just do a consultation, we will charge the hourly rate of one twenty five. If they hire us, we have a three hundred dollar refundable retainer. So at the end of our relationship, that three hundred dollars comes back to them, or it gets taken off the bill. As owner, I will look at the financial need of that individual. If I need to reduce our rate, if I have to do a pro bono case, we don't turn people away. We help guide them no matter what they need. Our Medicaid, we have a flat rate right now of 1800 to do a, commu- um, a nursing home Medicaid application, and we divide it into three payments to make it more economic for economically sound for that individual. And we are the most avo- affordable compared to my competitors and the elder law attorneys for the Medicaid. Um, we walk you through step by step. If you only need me short term, then we're available. If you need me long term, same principle. You will use us as little or as often as you need. But again, what we do is private. We do have people whose long-term care policies can be reimbursed for our services, but we would have to review the policy to see if that's going to be covered. People will ask me, well, isn't 125 a lot of money? In grand scheme of things, if you're taking 
four or five days off a month of work, if oh you're losing your job, if That's you're losing sleep over all the stress, I think it's pretty affordable to take away the day-to-day -day stress that you have over caring for a loved one. And again, what I can do in an hour may take you six months. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, for, for $125 an hour, that's a no-brainer, I mean, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Not, not only from a time standpoint, but just from your expertise. And again, if you go to an attorney for some of this stuff, great attorneys out there, I can guarantee you they're starting at a minimum of 250 an hour, if not $400 an yep. hour. And, beyond, and then they're so. sending me to do the case management. So they're, anyways, doing, they're doing exactly. the state portion, and I'm doing the rest anyway. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, if you need Roxanne, you know, it's, it's people like Roxanne that make Western New York such a wonderful community. And I, and I truly mean that. Thank you. Uh, use her as a resource. Give her a call at the office, 823-1476. Roxanne, thank you so much for Thanks joining us. Thanks for having really me. Appreciate I appreciate Thanks, it. Roxanne. Take All care. Right. And then, thank you. In the next hour, we are going to get into uh, uh, economics and, and, uh, and finances uh, for one. So I'm going to take that opportunity and do that there. Uh, Ron and I on the other side of the break will be discussing fiscal versus monetary policy. Stay, stay tuned for that. You've got the financial guys. A whole other hour to go. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Financial guys. It's time to talk money. It's the Financial Guys radio program. It's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free 1-800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at Star 930. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. Hour number two, you got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And as we mentioned in the, in the previous hour, just a big thank you to Roxanne Sorensen, uh, Elder Care Solutions. Uh, you know, she is one of our strategic partnership. Uh, partners uh, and a strategic partnership with her firm, Elder Care Solutions, uh, at the Financial Guys. Uh, we have a lot of strategic partnerships around Western New York, with whether it be you know law firms or or different specialists or, or different uh, you know companies that can help us and, and our clients in different ways. You know, Roxanne, of course, you know helping our clients that are looking and facing an elder care issue, uh, whether it be a nursing home stay or you know needing home care. You know, she can really help to navigate the uh, the, the the field. So, if you if you need a referral to uh, you know to Roxanne and her company or any of the other folks that, that we work with, just call our office at 633-1515. Again, 633-1515. Ron, in the last hour, I forgot to mention Jay Blanchard. Jay Blanchard is riding for a great cause across the country. Uh, you can visit his website at ride4widows.com, or you can go to our uh, Twitter feed, at FinGuys. It's pinned to the top of our feed, uh, so you can click on the link right there and uh, make a donation. He is raising money for the American Widow Project, which is to raise money for uh, veterans, widows, and their families. And so it's a fantastic cause. Great cause. Uh, it is a great cause. He is a uh, former Air Force, of course, and runs our veterans program in the office. 
He's also somewhere in the middle out west. So last update I heard, he was uh, somewhere in Montana, had a snow day, got snowed in. By the end of today, his goal is to get to the western edge of uh, uh, the Yellowstone National Park, which is just amazing, right? I mean, uh, this, how spectacular would that be uh, to ride your bike through? through uh, I've never even been to Yellowstone National Park. Have you? Me either. I mean, that would be an amazing, uh, amazing bike ride to go through. But he should be there by the end of today. So if uh, if you can support Jay, and this is a race with a bike, there's like 114 riders left. I think there was like 135 or something like that that started. You know, they, they drop out for all a whole host of reasons, you know, injury, uh, you know, personal physical limitations, uh, mechanical limitations. This is an unassisted bike ride. And so there is no, you know, there's nobody behind Jay Blanchard in a in a minivan with extra tires. And, you know, there's nobody on the route, you know, handing him waters or anything like that. Uh, he is truly on his own. And so, um, you know, he is, uh, he is, you know, really undergoing an incredible feat. Started off in Astoria, Oregon, I believe, somewhere on the west coast of Oregon. Yep. And uh, finishes on the east coast, almost a 30-day uh, a transatlantic uh, bike ride, which is or Trans American uh, bike ride, uh, which is just amazing. So uh, cheer on Jay, you know, help us cheer him on uh, via Facebook and and Twitter, and certainly if you can, you know, make a donation to a great cause at rideforwidows.com, the number four rideforwidows.com, or again go to our uh, or go to our website at thefinancialguys.com. There's a link there, or you can go to our our Facebook page and find a link, or you can go to our Twitter feed at FinGuys. It's pinned to the top of our feed there. You can find the link there as well. So, all right. With that, I wanted to uh, kind of switch gears, and before we get into uh, the fiscal and economic policy, I, I had to mention this about Brian Higgins. Um, Brian Higgins. He's week, seen the light, folks. He's see, he's 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 found the truth. Higgins says he will no longer back quote misguided Pelosi. Took him what ten years, Ron? Figure More this out? than that, about eighteen. <laughs> eight, 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 <laughs> eighteen years to figure out that uh, that Pelosi is is not to not to be the one to support it. And you know what kills me in here is is the you know number one is that he's just coming to this realization. But the funny thing is is Higgins cited the lack of clear Democratic agenda as an alternative to President Trump, as well as Pelosi's lack of interest in his bills to expand Medicare and invest in infrastructure, which is always what he's looking to do, roads and bridges, as a key sources of frustration. He says she's listening, but this is my conclusion. She's aloof, frenetic, and misguided. Higgins' surprise move uh, makes him one of only a small number of House Democrats who said he publicly that he cannot back Pelosi. So here's the thing that really is amazing to me, Ron, is what is going to be their alternative? Because right now their alternative is we want to raise your taxes. And un- this is the Democrat platform. We want to raise your taxes and undo the President Trump's tax cuts, which are working in spades, yep. right? I mean, absolutely. good golly. We have, you know, we ran that clip earlier in the, in the show, 3.8% unemployment. GDP, they just rev- uh, revised the number higher, uh, expectations higher for the second quarter uh, again. They're looking at, you know, the second quarter GDP growth being almost double that of the entire last year. I mean, it's just amazing uh, what's going on. If you want a job, they're there, right? So nobody that is able-bodied that can work should be on unemployment or food stamps or anything else. Food stamps, under 20 million folks on food stamps. We were at 50. I mean, yep. everything seems to be working. The Democrats are out there saying, we got to get Trump out of the White House. He's destroying the country. And people are going, I don't know, my paycheck is higher. 
uh, companies are reinvesting in America. The, you know, we're winning trade deals. We're, we're well, bringing. Well, Bill Mark came out, Glenn, and said that he's rooting for a recession so we can get rid of rid of Trump. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that last I did. week. So well, the Democrats the Demo- are always rooting against America, yep. whether it's rooting for North Korea, whether it's rooting for a recession. It, uh, Democrats and liberals, it is there is truly something uh, out there uh, uh, in regards to uh, Trump derangement syndrome. No I mean, doubt. No I think doubt. TDS is a real thing. If, and I think you folks on the left really should probably see, seek some therapy, seriously. If Trump had a cure for cancer, the Democrats would be pro-cancer. He just met with the North Korean leader and signed a denuclearization deal. That's unbelievable to me. And the Democrats are out there going, well, boy, he just gave him legitimacy. See that? See that? See, Obama was smart enough not to even meet with them. Bill Clinton was smart enough just to give him nuclear secrets. Oh, oh, wait a minute. No, I mean that. I mean, what a joke. I mean, now the Democrats are out there saying in their newest mantra, well, you know, we, uh, you know, it's, we're doing so well now because of Obama's policies are just finally kicking in. See, yeah. eight years of laying the groundwork, eight years of the worst recovery since the Great Depression, eight years of, you know, a subpar economic growth, 10 years, including eight of Obama, of not being able to break 3%. Uh, in any single year in GDP economic growth. I mean, you name the economic statistic, and Obama tanked it, all right? In 500 days, in a year and a half, less than a year and a half, Trump has lowered the black unemployment rate to all-time lows, gotten food stamps down under 20 million people, you know, uh, is is creating, uh, you know, millions of, of new jobs. He's renegotiating these deals that, by the way, all, you know, De Niro, what a joker, right? He's out, he has a press conference to apologize to Canada on our behalf. Are oh, you he's kidding a spokesperson me? to Trump derangement syndrome. He really is. I mean, he apologized to Canada. Canada, by the way, has about, you ask our local farmers, a, a, a several hundred percent tariff on our, our U.S. milk. Okay, so it's not as if Canada is as innocent like, oh, woe is me. We're being taken advantage of. We're getting hosed by Canada for our own. They're 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 subsidizing their their lumber industry. They're subsidizing a lot of their own industries. They're doing a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing that are just don't make any sense at all that, that hurt us. And yet somehow they're supposed to be the quote, you know, the innocent ones that, you know, somehow we're now taking advantage of because we want to renegotiate these deals. Well, it's and then ridiculous. the media wants to beat up Trump for his comments. That was a punk move what Trudeau did. He met with Trump, had no issues, kissed his butt while he was in front of his face. And as soon as Trump left and got on a plane, he runs into media to run his mouth. Come on. That is a punk move. That's exactly what that's called. Did you see his eyebrow fall off? Oh, it was hilarious. I mean, Absolutely honest hilarious. to God, you wear fake eyebrows? <laughs> like, what was... Oh, seriously? By the way, somebody put this out there, and we are going to make this into a real game. So this, again, is on our, our, our Twitter feed, at FinGuys. But somebody came up with the new pin the eyebrow on the Trudeau game. So guess what, folks? We are making up this game. And so if you would like one of these games, we should be done with these by next week. If you would like your very own pin the eyebrow on the Trudeau game for your summer barbecue or your summer picnic, or maybe just for a kid's birthday party, it's fun for everybody. Pin the eyebrow on the Trudeau will be a legitimate game by the end of this week uh, with the financial guys. So you can call our office and you can stop by and you can pick up your 
pin the eyebrow on the Trudeau game and have a whole ton of fun with your conservative friends at your next backyard barbecue. So, again, give us a call at the office, 633-1515. Give us a week to get them together, but we are going to get them together, and they will be available uh, for free for you to pick up your pin the eyebrow on the Trudeau game. Uh, much, much more fun than pin the tail on a donkey. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for that. But you're right. I mean, that was a that's something that you know you would you would expect out of a of a, of a seventh grader. Yeah, no absolutely. offense to seventh graders. That is not how world leaders act. You don't you don't you know. Oh, nice to see you, and then immediately run to the media and go, "Wow, you know, Trump is this, that, and the other thing." That's just not right. And uh, and unfortunately. You know that's typical liberal mindset. I feel bad for you folks up in Canada. I mean, we suffered for tw- you know eight years under Obama. Now you have Trudeau. You know the the, the similar you know feminist leader uh, of of the uh, of Canada. I mean, what a joke. So well, they the funny have thing some is, good news uh, locally in Canada because uh, Rob Ford's brother just won uh, whatever the office is in Ontario for the premier. Mm-hmm. Or something like that recently, so he's a little bit more conservative, obviously. Um, but that's good news for Ontario that that uh, that office went to to definitely the right of Trudeau. So there's some hope for them yet. Is there a left of Trudeau? I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Marx. What's left of Trudeau? Marx. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I didn't think there was a left of Trudeau. I mean, but the funny thing is, that Trudeau came out and said, "Well, you know, Canada's not going to be pushed around." Let me tell you something. You know, Trudeau dancing with a skirt on versus Donald Trump. I put my money on Trump all day long. Every so, day. This guy, every day. This guy was the real estate <laughs> mogul of Manhattan, the most competitive market in the world, and this guy rose to the top. So what's that tell you about him? Yeah, it tells me that uh, he's going to wipe the floor with Trudeau's skirt is what it's going to tell me. So anyway, uh, I don't know if you saw this one. One last thing quick. Uh, Bill Bla- de-, de Blasio is... Uh, is just outraged on what's going on in the subsidized housing in New York City. He's just shocked at how bad the conditions are. Uh, you know, he came out and, and talked about you know, a tale of two cities. You know, he trumpeted, you know, creating, you know, just a few affordable housing units, 400,000 low-income units. Uh, and the report that came out of the uh, the Federal Oversight uh, Commission is uh is just unbelievable i mean the the decrepit conditions uh of of some of these uh low income housing facilities are just unbelievable and uh you know health hazards all sorts of craziness he's out there saying you know oh my god i'm just shot you're in charge of this right guy. there you go whose responsibility like, is it it's his it's his like that's the amazing thing it's his it's your responsibility you have the most you have the richest city in the world, basically, and you and this guy couldn't run a hot dog stand. Honest to God, and the no, sad thing is, he not. won in a landslide as for re-election. What's the matter with you people downstate? I mean, are you that slow that you're so. going to re-elect? A, I, I would so. rather put in a, a a robot that just or just not even have the office filled. I mean, he is absolutely horrible uh, as as far as whether it be the the, the mass transit system, the subway. Uh, unbelievable. By the way, speaking of subway, somebody sent me a picture a while ago uh, where they installed in the down underneath underground subways. Uh, the New York City uh, uh, Mass Transit Authority was installing solar powered garbage cans. Think about that for a minute, folks. Solar powered garbage cans in the subway. Where is the subway located? You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> this is the the height of stupidity. 
uh, is 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 in you know the capital of stupid land is uh, is the city hall in uh, in New York City. There's well, no doubt about it. You know it. what, Glenn? If if nothing else, these people are being so moronic and so idiotic. They're pretty much guaranteeing Trump a second term. I, I agree. I, I think, to be honest with you, now liberals cheat, right? So we know that they're you know they're going to fight against a a voter ID law and everything the best they can. They're going to bust in whoever they can. You know, we know we have hard evidence that. Uh, Hillary stole the electoral uh, votes in uh, New Hampshire. We know yep. that people were busting in New Hampshire. You had six thousand people, uh, uh, you know, file in there, uh, you know, for the the Senate race, uh, where I think it was what was her name that was a senator, a- Atoll or I don't remember, oh, but but remember. the Republican lost a very tight Senate race in New Hampshire, and and she, and uh, and she lost by about a thousand votes. Amazingly. Six thousand, five to six thousand new people registered the vote, basically the same day or the week of. And all you have to do in New Hampshire is write down that you are going to be moving into the state, or you already have a a, a place of residence there, and you can register to vote. Yet only a thousand of them, or less than a thousand of them, actually moved into the state because they they ran the numbers to say did these people move in. The answer was no, and so. You know, they she lost the Senate seat uh, that went to a Democrat. Kelly Ayotte. Kelly Ayotte. Yeah, I was thinking Atoll, but Kelly Ayotte. That ultimately was the deciding factor that gave the electoral votes to Hillary over um, uh, the socialist. Right. So, you know, just just amazing. What's it now? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. So anyway, so we know they're going to cheat. Right. But absent cheating. And, uh, and and if they're able to get a voter ID law in the country, I, I think that the, the, the re-election of Donald Trump looks a lot like uh, Reagan Mondale in 84. Yep. What are your thoughts? I, I agree. And, and good thing, too, uh, the Supreme Court was able to um, confirm that Ohio was able to purge the voter rolls of people who haven't voted in 100 years. So that might help us out a little bit. They'll get able to get some of those old names off there, get rid of some of those dead people that always seem to vote Democrat. So Ohio's looking good for, for Trump in 2020. Yeah, I think, I think I, I, my guess, and I'm going to, here's, I still have on my wall, actually, in, in, my, uh, in my home office, uh, the electoral map that they put out there where they had, you know, oh, it's going to be so hard for Trump to win. Oh, it's just going to be, oh, it's going to be so hard. I mean, he's just, the path to victory for him is going to be so tough. I wrote on my sheet 314 Trump to 224 uh, Clinton, and I was darn near dead on. Yep. I'm going to call the next Good one job, Glenn. 400 plus for Trump in the next election. And, uh, and whoever, it doesn't matter who the challenger is. You know, short of uh, nobody. Who's going to be? They have yeah, nobody I, in their bench. They're they're a they, washed up party. They really yeah. have nothing going on. They have no message. They have no candidates. They have their leader of their party is a senile old woman who can't put together a completed sentence and sound coherent doing it. I mean, what do they got besides resist? Okay, resist, and we're going to raise your taxes. That's, yeah, <laughs> that ought to go well in the midterms. And by the way, you know, if the midterms go the opposite direction, you know, if the midterms go and they and, and you know something flips or the Democrats take the House, although I doubt that's going to happen. I but do if too. It does, I don't think it's going to happen. They'll probably gain a couple seats, but I see the Republicans taking uh, several Senate seats. I agree. If it does, um, if it does, though, for whatever reason, of course, the media will run out and they'll blame it on Trump. It won't be Trump's fault. It'll be Paul Ryan's fault. It'll yep. be Mitch McConnell's fault. It'll be. John McCain's fault. It'll yes. be all these rhinos. And to be honest with you, to some degree, Chris Collins' fault. You know, Chris is a, is a friend of ours, and, and I like Chris a lot. 
But I got to tell you, I just have to scratch my head at some of the things he supports. And so, you know, those, you know, middle of the road, you know, what I call rhino Republicans, uh, it'll be their fault that they lose, not Trump's fault. If they followed Trump economics and they followed the conservatism and the, you know, and they the, build the wall, lower taxes, build a wall, border security, all that stuff. They win in a landslide. If it, they don't, it's their fault for, for supporting more Democrat uh, principles than, than conservative principles. And, Glenn, it's a but, good thing I'm bald because I'd be pulling my hair out, but are you hearing what's going on with this potential amnesty vote coming out of the House yeah. that Ryan's pushing? What are they thinking? That's why I mentioned Chris Collins because he's, he's already supported, came out in support of it. It's a joke. It's it's ridiculous. Why don't you just hand the election? Don't even run then. Just here. Right. Amnesty means Democrats take power Absolutely. and In perpetuity. In perpetuity. If the Republicans are so dumb to think that they're going to provide this amnesty and that's going to win over the Hispanic uh, vote, they are dumber than I really thought that they were. I, I, to be honest, I mean, that's just a, an absolute joke. So anyway, the other thing that Trump's going to get blamed for is he's going to get blamed for the inevitable recession that we're going to have at some point. And so we're going to talk about that. There's going to be a recession at some point. Number one, the business cycle, that's just how it works. But I think the recession may happen in the next let's say 12 to 24 months, but I think it's going to be Fed-driven. It will have nothing to, to do with Trump. One, so let's t- we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. We're way long in this segment, so let me, uh, let me get to a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk more about this. If you need us throughout the week, folks, again, feel free to use us as a resource. You can call us at the office. We have a, a, a really diverse team of investment professionals that are, uh, most for the most part, certified in, in, in whatever field that they might be in, whether it be uh, you know chartered financial analysts, certified financial planners, uh, certified uh, uh, college planning, uh, certified uh, divorce financial analyst, uh, certified uh, social security claiming strategist, uh, and, and so much more. So use us as a resource, 633-1515, again, 633-1515. All right, very short break, very short break. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Stay tuned. All righty, welcome back. You've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And as I mentioned before the break, folks, if you we haven't taken any calls today, I'm, we may open up the phone lines. I'm not quite sure. I, I really want to talk really about what I think is a, a you know the the importance of having the right fiscal and monetary policy. But if you have just a simple, you know, investment question, if you want to uh, pop by our office for a, a complimentary consultation, uh, or just, you know, use it as a resource, uh, you go to our website, uh, or go to our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. Uh, but you can reach us at the office if you want to uh, schedule uh, an appointment at 633-1515. Again, 633-1515. All right, Ron, we're short in this. We went so long in the first hour, or the first hour. The first uh, section <laughs> that uh, we've only got a, a, about a minute left here. Um, so I want to talk about the difference between fiscal and monetary policy. The Fed raised rates uh, this week, another quarter point increase. They're scheduled to do two more rate increases. That's the monetary policy. The fiscal policy is what comes out of Congress and the White House, and that is the tax rates, right? So the tax side of the of the house. Now during the Obama years, we had said over and over on the radio, the monetary side's got it right, the Fed's got it right in lowering interest rates to stimulate the economic growth in the economy, but the fiscal side was totally wrong. And it's like having two legs on your body. They both need to be going in the right direction. Well, the fiscal side, uh, the wizards of smart and the Democrat Party, uh, raise taxes, increase regulation, increase fees, and, and so on and so forth. That is not the right thing to do to help to stimulate an economy. Which is why now, we're walking in circles for the last eight years. 
That's right. Well, now we're going to the opposite. Now we have the right fiscal policy, but I think the monetary folks are getting it wrong. And so we're going to focus on that for the last half hour of the show. Uh, stay tuned. We've got to take a very short break. You've got the uh, financial guys, Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas. I'm Glenn Wiggle, and we'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Alrighty, welcome back. You've got the financial guys, Glenn Wiggle and Ron Wasco, in for Mike Lomas here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And we're going to talk about economics for the last half an hour of the show. Uh, you know, I think it's really important for people to understand, you know, again, this is where politics meets money. And so we want to talk about how the politics, how the, the monetary and fiscal policy, how that affects economics and finances. You know, oftentimes, you know, unfortunately, the media, which is 90 percent left wing, uh, you know, they, they are, a, they do a good job at, at spinning a, a liberal narrative. And a good example of that is the great recession, you know, for those people that don't pay close attention or, or maybe don't understand, you know, everything that went on that, you know, those folks that just turn on, you know, NBC nightly news, what you get is you get a, a shovel full of, of manure is what you get. And, and the, and the, the storyline or the narrative that the left-wing media put out there, uh, for the 08 crisis was it was big, greedy Wall Street banks that caused the crisis, right? But it wasn't. It was the Community Reinvestment Act. Now, I'm not saying that the big, greedy Wall Street banks didn't play a part in it. Absolutely. You know, certainly if you give a, you know, if you give them the ability to gamble on something, that's Wall Street. That's what they're going to do, right? And that's what they did. And but if you trace the origins of that back to the Community Reinvestment Act, the CRA, that. Uh, uh, Jimmy Carter put into place, and then Bill Clinton supercharged. A couple of things that the community reinvestment did is it allowed for the securitization of mortgages. It created mortgage brokerages or originators, mortgage originators. There, we didn't have that before. Before we had you shop at different banks and you get the loan that you want to get, and your relationship was between you and the bank. The bank held that loan, and you were responsible to the bank. After Bill Clinton supercharged the Community Reinvestment Act in 2000 or 1994, 93-94, uh, what happened was you had all these different things popping up, countrywide mortgage and all these different originators that were basically selling mortgages to people that didn't qualify. You also had our very own Andrew Como out there suing banks as the attorney for HUD, yep. forcing them to give loans to people that they knew couldn't never pay them pay back. They knew that weren't going to pay him back, so they that was like gasoline on the fire that Bill Clinton uh, started, and um, and you know what they did is they sold these mortgages to people that didn't qualify for them, and then the banks that they that they put that the originators placed them with, well they took those mortgages and they chopped them up into five or six tranches, little pieces of mortgage, so a thirty year mortgage would have six five year pieces. And they sold those off to different investment, you know, and they, you know, pooled them together and, you know, collateralized mortgage obligations and, and bundled pooled investments that they could sell out to investors uh, or sell to each other. And then they came up with an entire insurance scheme uh, to, to hedge, you know, some of this stuff. Uh, and you remember the, uh, you know, the, the different, you know, options and things like that. Had all those. But, but ultimately, when you trace it back to the root, it was government policy and intervention that created it. The Glenn, removal always, of the Grass-Steagall Act was huge. Isn't it always, though, government intervention that screws these things up? I mean, these these banks were forced to take on customers they normally wouldn't have taken because there's no way they're going to ever make any money off them. So the government forces them to. Then the banks have to get creative to figure out a way that they can at least try to make some money off of it in the short term, and it all blows up, and then who gets blamed for it? 
not the government. Why would it be no. their fault? Nope. And then, of course, they come in with the, with the you know, championing and the fix-it. You know, they right. come in with the, I didn't uh, have to find that clip, if I could find that for the end of the show, that, uh, that, qu- that, uh, that clip. Uh, I, I never said uh, ownership. One thing was the way to go. Remember, you know, Barney, Barney Frank out there in, in uh, 2005, 2006 going, we don't have a problem with mortgages. We don't have a problem. We, there's a, a, a Republicans are looking for a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Uh, you know, in fact, we have no problem at all in, in, uh, with people owning homes. And then after the mortgage crisis, I, I never said that. I never. I was talking about one thing, one thing homes. I'll find that clip because it's too good not to. No, uh, just to remind people of that. You know, way off base. And then, of course, they promote the So now we go into 2008. We go into the Great Recession. And we come out of the Great Recession. And now we have Obozo as our now president. And what Obozo does is he does the exact wrong thing. Increases spending. Raises taxes. Raises fees. I mean, you got to remember, he raised the top marginal tax break for, uh, rate from 35 back to 39.6. But more importantly, they passed Obamacare which in and of itself is the largest single tax increase we've ever had in our history. Now, these clown Republicans, when they say, well, it's just going to collapse on its own. Really? Are the fees going to collapse on its own? Are the, are the surcharges going to collapse on its own? Are the extra, is the 3.8% tax, if you're over a certain for capital gains, that's added onto the capital, is that going to go away on its own? Or does that need to be repealed? You know, so the fiscal policy that coming out of the White House and Congress on tax rates and things like that was opposite of what it should have been throughout the Obama years. As a result, what do we have, Ron? We have the, the worst recovery in history, right? A flat bounce, a flat dead cat bounce off one of the worst recessions we've ever had. The economy should have springboarded up. If you think about it like a Super Bowl, the harder you throw a Super Bowl at the ground, the higher it's going to bounce. That's what typically the economy does coming off of recessions. The 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 greater the recession, the greater the bounce back. We saw the thing just kind of trolling along. There was no bounce whatsoever. It kind of rolled up a little bit, but nothing near what it should have. And you can thank thank government intervention for that. To not break 3% in economic growth after the damage that was done during the recession it really takes a special kind of of of, uh, of of focus. I mean, it really does. If Obama had just gone to the golf course, as Mike and I have said repeatedly, that economy springs back at five to six percent just because of the rebound effects, like yep. a rubber band. Long you farther you stretch it, the harder the snapback. Would have been no different had he not thrown a wet blanket onto the recovery with Obamacare, with higher taxes. Well, now we go into so, the, but the monetary policy, the Fed had it right. The monetary policy is what the Fed controls. The Fed had it right. The Fed lowered interest rates to zero, kept them there for a historically long time. We have never kept interest rates this artificially low for this long. Glenn, right? can but you imagine what the to. economy would have done had Obama gotten out of the way with the, with the monetary policy that they had in place? We would have We'd seen be at Dow 35, 40,000 yep, already. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. We, we, would have been, we would have been at 4% unemployment rates back in 2012. Yep. And he just stayed on the golf course and, and got out and out of the way. Uh, that's the difference. So, But the monetary, thank goodness, Ben Bernanke, who I think did a, a, a decent job. Uh, Janet Yellen, who I think, to be honest with you, Janet Yellen never talked very much. He didn't hear a lot of... of, uh, of uh, that was a problem with Bernanke. I think he was too, you know, liked the spotlight too much. Yeah, a little too vocal. She, Janet Yellen, in my opinion, was one of the best Fed chiefs we've had in the last 30 years. I mean, really, better than Ben Bernanke. Greenspan was terrible, in my opinion. I agree. Um, 
but you know Janet Yellen, kind of the unsung hero, I think did a phenomenal job. I think Ben Bernanke did what he needed to do. I just think he talked way too much, uh, just like uh, his predecessor Greenspan. Um, but they had the right th- they did the right thing. They kept interest rates low. They 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 did QE you know was a QE one and QE two and QE twist and this that you know flooding money into the market to keep things afloat. Eighty three billion dollars a month economics. Yeah, how much was it a month? Eighty three billion a month. Eighty three billion. That's crazy. A month. Not a year. A month. A month. So a huge amount of money they injected to off. To, of course, they had to work twice as hard. If 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 one leg isn't working and you're running a think about Jay riding across the country right now. If only one of his legs is working, he can only pedal half as fast. He don't have half the strength. That's what happened during the eight years of Obama. Now enter President Trump. President Trump comes in. He gets the fiscal policy right, lowering tax rates, especially for corporations, lowering regulations. So the fiscal policy is working. But now we have a problem on the monetary side. And you can see the results of the fiscal policy. So for the last year and a half, we've had both fiscal policy and monetary policy working hand in hand. Lower tax rates, lower regulation, better optimism, uh, and, low, and low interest rates. And so as a result, we have this great economic growth, fantastic jobs growth, uh, you know, in, incredible consumer confidence, you know, business confidence, and all this good stuff. And, um, and now the Fed is getting into their uh, rate rising uh, you know, uh, cycle. Now, the markets can do extraordinarily well in a rising rate environment. So don't misunderstand my comments and don't think, oh, my God, i got to run the cash tomorrow. No, 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 no. That's not why we're having this conversation. We're having the conversation because at some point we are going to go into a recession and everyone on the left is going to blame Donald Trump. See? See what happens. See what happens with the policies. Yep. you got people out there rooting for it, right? What's his name? Uh, Bill Maher. Yep. See what happens. You know, and the likelihood is that we could go into a recession at the worst possible time. We might get a recession right before he's in the re-election year. If the Democrats have their way, that's what they'll, that's what they'll shoot for. But the reality of it is, is that it won't be because of Donald Trump's policies. It will be because the Fed raises rates too quickly. Too quickly. That's the key. The Fed has set forth a cycle of raising rates. We're okay with them raising rates. We believe that we need to get back to a a, a regular uh, a normalized interest rate environment. However, if the Fed goes too fast and the long end of the bond curve doesn't increase, what you're going to have is you're going to have a flattened, which we're getting to right now. We are almost at a flat yield curve. If the yield curve goes inverted, which means that low, short-term rates are, are higher than long-term rates, then that is the canary in the coal mine for a recession that is coming on the horizon. We are now at flat uh, on the yield curve. Uh, if the Fed increases rates two more times this year, but we don't get movement on the long end of the yield curve, then we will have an inverted yield curve, and that is bad. Okay? And they said they're looking to, Glenn. I don't, I don't understand it. I think two, I think you could even make an argument for three this year, but I think four is just, just way overdoing it. If you think about it like somebody who's ever had a car stuck, if you get your car stuck, you kind of got to rock it a little bit, and if you just start getting it going, you don't want it to get it going too fast so you're going to want to hit the brakes at some point but if you don't have it out of that hole yet and it's still rocking and you hit the brakes you're just going to end up sitting there yeah right you roll right back into the hole yep, right exactly and so that's the danger with what the what the fed is doing I, I agree with them getting back to a normalized rate i think that they're going a little bit too fast here we'll see we'll see what happens now we're going to talk on the other side of this break in the last segment 
about what you can do with your portfolio because we don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if it's next quarter, next year, two years, or five years, right? I just know that at some point, you know, we're probably going to go there. If the yield curve inverts, will it happen tomorrow? Will it happen next year? Will recession be immediate? Of course not. And so what we do is we take an asset allocation approach, and we're going to talk about how to put that plan together so that your portfolio can weather pretty much any storm on the other side of the break, and we'll kind of wrap up the show with that. So, again, if you need us throughout the week, folks, uh, use us as a resource. Give us a call at the office, 633-1515. That's 633-1515. Very short break. We'll come right back. You've got Ron Wasco in for Mike Lomas. I'm Glenn Wiggle. We'll be right back here News Radio 930 WBEN. Alrighty, welcome back. You've got the financial guys. Last 10 minutes or so here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Ron Wasco in for Mike Lomas here. And uh, we're talking about, you know, the, the, where money meets politics. We're talking about, we're actually talking about money. And we're talking about the politics side of it. And, uh, and kind of what's on the horizon. We talked about where we've been. We talked about now where we are. And we talked about a little bit about where we think things might be going in the future. If the Fed is not careful and they raise rates too quickly and we go into an inverted yield curve, then that typically, not always, but typically is a precursor to a recession. We will have a recession no matter what anyways, because there's something called the business cycle. And no matter Alan Greenspan's efforts to what he called mute the business cycle, he actually exasperated the business cycle. So they had, of course, the opposite impact of what they expected. And that was to create higher highs and lower lows. And so you know, the the, the, uh, the lower lows, of course, were, were the Great Recession that we just had, you know, because of, of uh, and the, you know, the Fed fueling the, the dot-com uh, bubble burst and things like that. So if the Fed raises rates too quickly, we have a, a possibility. But even without that, just a normal business cycle of the expansion, peak, contraction, trough, right? It's economics 101. Uh, picture an S-curve, like a, like a wave, like a wave curve. That's the business cycle. So we go through expansion periods and we go through recessions or, you know, periods where things are pulling back a little bit. That's just normal. That's that's like uh, that's like nature. That's like the sun rising in the west, in the east and setting in the west. That just happens, right? It's like twenty four hours in a day. Like this, you can't change it no matter how much the liberals want to want to change the climate. Climate is what it is, right? And so. You know, the, the, the business cycle is what it is, and at some point there will be another recession. But if the Fed isn't careful, they could actually cause that by raising rates too quickly. When that happens, if it happens, no matter when the recession happens, no matter what it's caused by, they will blame President Trump. They What the, what the lefties will say is, see, we told you his policies weren't going to work, even though right now they are working like crazy, right? We are winning all over the place, whether it's, you know, corporations bringing back in money or whatever. But those of you that say, well, if you if there's a recession coming, what should I do? Well, the problem that most folks have that try to time markets or, or profess that they can time markets is that they really don't have a crystal ball. And so sometimes people go into a more conservative or a cash type position, which we never recommend way too early and they sit there and they miss upside of the market yep. i think the last half of this year is going to be spectacular uh you know as far as as the, as the growth of the economy goes and i think the stock market will uh will follow as well that's I think what that, the numbers are pointing to all the fundamentals are there it's it's primed to happen provided you know the fed can can keep from stepping on their pant legs and tripping themselves that's right and uh and so i think you know i think we'll get most of our gains for the year and you know on the stock market in the last half of this year so 
But what if it's next year? What if it's the year after? Well, what we do is we take an asset allocation approach, and that is a fancy word for we put your eggs in different baskets, right? And so we have you know stocks and bonds and large cap companies and medium sized companies and small companies and international companies, and we have you know short term bonds and mid term bonds and things like that. Uh, we have a little bit of cash in the portfolio, so we can take advantage of things. And here's what we do: we have an ongoing proactive plan. And so when the portfolio is up and the markets do well, like they did last year, in January, we're going to rebalance. What does rebalancing force us to do? It takes money from the things that have done well, the stock market investments, and it takes some money off the table and moves it to the bond side. If the market corrects, rebalance again. That takes the money from the bond side, moves it back to the stock side. And so just by having a consistent plan and a formula for doing that, you can keep yourself aligned with what your risk tolerance is. And that's the second part of it that's ultra, ultra, ultra important. And that is understanding how you are currently invested. Does your portfolio match your comfort level? What I mean by that is if the markets were to drop 20% tomorrow and you have a million dollar portfolio, are you going to be comfortable being down 200,000 or are you going to be someone that's going to be up at night and apt to make changes? If the answer is the latter, then you're not in the right risk level. You're, 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 you've got to dial that back a bit. We have some really fancy software in the office that can help us to assess that. We use a company called RiskPro. We can also use RiskAllies. We have uh, InvestNet. All these different tools allow us to match up how you answer a questionnaire. We can do an x-ray on your existing portfolio. We can see how you answer the questionnaire and how your portfolio would be affected uh, in a down market, what your downside risk level is. And if that's not a comfortable level for you, we can help you to adjust that and dial it in and at least tell you, well, based on how you answer things and based on your score, here's how you should be allocated. If you're not comfortable with that 20% decline in your portfolio, maybe a 15% is more comfortable. Well, how do we get there? Well, we can use the software to help us adjust our stock to bond to cash ratio and mix to help statistically figure out if, you know, with a 98% probability that we'll stay within that range of returns. And so it helps us to help clients really understand and quantify the kind of risk that they're taking. And I think that's an invaluable tool that we use to really help clients to understand, you know, where they're at. And, you know, that way, I don't have to have a crystal ball, right, Ron? We don't have to have a crystal ball. And especially now, too, because the market's been up so much for so long that people people's portfolios can be out of whack because they don't rebalance or just because they get more aggressive because they want to experience more gains in a market. And what I find, Glenn, in my 10 years plus in the business is that everybody's an aggressive investor when the market's doing fantastic. We find out what somebody's true risk tolerance is when it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not, and things change too. You know, as you get older, your, your perceptions might change. As life events happen, your, your perceptions on risk and return might change. Um, and so it's not a bad idea to revisit that every so often. It's not as if, you know, you do a risk tolerance and you set up an allocation today, you know, and 20 years from now, it should be the same. Right. I mean, that's something that, you know, part of our process is sitting down with our clients every six months or every 12 months, depending on what kind of schedule they want and, uh, and, and going through some of that homework to make sure that, you know, it's, it's always part of our initial process of our homework, right? You know, we, when we're bringing on a new client, that's, that's a mandatory part of what we do as part of our homework. But we also kind of bring that back out every so often, um, and, and, and you should. And you should just take another look at it. Does this still match up with what your, what your thoughts are? You know, do you still feel this way if the markets were to be down? Maybe you should go back through it and just assess it. 
But you all can you always use, use us as a resource, and you can come into our office, and we'll do that analysis for you uh, at no cost. So if you want to come in and say, here's my stuff, what do you think? You know, we'll run it through our software, and, and we'll have you answer a questionnaire, and we'll tell you, you know, here's what your downside risk is. We can also stress test a portfolio. So we can say to you, you know, here's what your portfolio would have done in a 2008 type of environment. So that you can see, well, here's my worst case scenario potentially. You know, here's that one in a, a hundred year flood type of scenarios. Am I comfortable with that? You know, having an understanding of your portfolio risk helps you sleep at night, but also helps you stay the course. Yep. And so, you know, for those advisors out there that are saying, oh, well, I'll just get you out of the way or, or whatever. You know, yeah, there's some tactical managers out there, and, and we use some. You know, sometimes we use that as part of our portfolio just as a piece of it. But the core of our portfolios are always going to be in that asset allocation, and we think that's the right way to be. Yeah, you can get lucky sometimes, and once in a while you'll hear stories of people hitting the market around the right time. But it's it's not a winning strategy. It's It's not a way that you can design a portfolio to help you meet your goals and objectives. And it's hard to do consistently long term, right? So... Anyway, so if you'd like us to do that analysis for you, if you want to pop by our office and, and do a stress test of your portfolio, or would just like to come in for a complimentary consultation or put to putting together a retirement plan, you can feel free to use this as a resource, 633-1515, again, 633-1515. Ron, thanks so much. That's about the time we're going to have for today. I really appreciate you coming in on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if you need us throughout the week, folks, whether it's college planning, Social Security planning, Medicare, we have independent Medicare agents, we have an estate planning department now, we have a licensed attorney, Ron, uh, Ron uh, Tom Canavo, uh, is both a financial advisor as well as an attorney, and, and so much more. Again, Veterans Program, uh, SHIELD, and, and just a lot that I'm not even mentioning, even getting into health care, uh, 401k department, so, and, and much more. Visit our website, thefinancialguys.com. Uh, follow us on, uh, on Twitter, at FinGuys. Like us on Facebook. And, of course, use us as a resource, 633-1515. On behalf of Mike Lomas and Ron Wasco, I'm Glenn Wiggle. We'll see you next week right here on News Radio 930 WBEN with the Financial Guys. Thank you.